Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Welcome back to part two of the last episode with Tracy from Pause Up Pet Supplies. During the month of October, I thought I'd share some scary stories that have happened in other people's pet businesses. I sure have had plenty of my own, but you've probably heard those already. And we are continuing the conversation to find out exactly who the arsonist was of the fire that happened at her business. We will pick that story right back up after this introduction. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, Let's get started. So I think he wanted me to know that this is an arsonist and this is going to affect you more than what you are thinking that's going to affect you. And so I did say, and we do know that you didn't have anything to do with that. And I'm like, well, of course I didn't have anything to do with it, but he had to say the words. (laughs) So that was part of the investigation that was going to happen. But the arsonist was the person who owned the building who you gave a hug to yeah I was like that who I can't believe again hearing more (laughs) of your story on this episode that she did it knowing that the people were up in the apartment their dog I mean like I cannot believe yeah I cannot believe that and I have so many more questions I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you continue (laughs) so yeah I mean in hindsight I'm not a hugger 
And the fact that I was trying to comfort somebody who intentionally set their building on fire, I don't think that her intention was to do anything to me or to my building or business, but I mean, it doesn't take a common genius sense. to know that yeah, common sense means get out of control. Yeah. You know? No. So it made me, I felt really dumb. And it took me a long time to get over that feeling dumb that here I was attempting to comfort somebody that literally knew that she allegedly mm-hmm. had uh, a role in this, mm. right? So because it's an arson now investigation by the state of Iowa, supported by the federal government, by the way, no insurance help from her side of the insurance at all until it is resolved. My insurance did help me some. And the mistakes that I made with my insurance was I didn't what a word meant to me and what a word meant to the insurance company, two completely different interpretations of a word, which was the beginning of my downfall, financially speaking. So, you know, like you have to cover your contents, right? Like how much inventory are you going to have in your store? And so you have enough insurance to cover worst case scenario inventory. Inventory to me meant sellable inventory. Anything that would be in my POS system, you know, like I can tell you here was the value of my my retail. But that isn't the definition for the insurance. The insurance is all of that is considered inventory. Fixtures, books, shelves, mannequins, tables, everything you would have had to run a business, paper clips. Do you know what I mean? Run the whole gamut. That's what they consider to be inventory. I was so underinsured because I was only looking at when you say inventory to me, my sellable inventory, this is what I have in sellable inventory. So right off the bat, I was out 20,000 because my insurance didn't cover the rest of just my saleable inventory that was still in the store. Mm-hmm. plus all the other stuff. So from an insurance standpoint, they've helped me some, but because it's arson, her insurance policy would have a liability section that would have made a huge contribution, if you want to look at it that way, to anybody that was affected by the fire since it started in her location. But because it's under investigation for arson and she is um, the number one sus- suspect, her insurance pays her nothing and it pays none of us anything. And I was told very early on to expect nothing because to prove arson, you have to have video and or eyewitness and the chance that that would ever happen was slim to none. So, you know, just basically don't ever anticipate that you're going to get anything and just learn to be okay with it for the most part. So two days after the fire, I know it was a Tuesday, again, blow drying my hair. And I'm thinking, I don't have a job. I don't have an income. I need to, my store can literally be anywhere I want it to be. It doesn't have to be in that building. So go and get yourself another building and do it quick. So I did. (laughs) I went down to that same lady that was my realtor for my original building. And I'm like, I know you got a storefront. I need a storefront. So I'm literally a half a block from my building, which is still smoking. And I'm trying to, to secure another location. And so I did. And, but her, that location wasn't ready. She was under trying to restore her building. Cause again, it's an old building from the 1800s. So it took her a month to get it to the point that I could get in there and clean it, paint it and start to bring in merchandise. 
So everything that I bought for my original store, I had to rebuy it. And I rebought it, me, myself, Tracy, not insurance money. So I had just spent all the money to put it in my original store. And now I'm literally funding a second store on my own again. So the debt just yeah. keeps going up because I have to fund that store, right? I was determined, like I needed to have an income. So I know how to merchandise and I know where to get it. I know how to get it in here. And so I was doing that, but kind of weirdly funny things. I had things on order and in route at the time that my original store was on fire. Yeah. So my UPS guy and my FedEx guy, they're like, Hey, we know you don't have a building. And so they were bringing it to my house. I'm like, God, you people are so nice. Oh, like yeah. they wanted to do something to help me. So, you know, they weren't returning the packages because the address didn't exist anymore, but I feel like I'm talking too much. No. And so, I mean, so you, you found another location, very on the on the Tuesday. Oh, so a month later you reopened in this new two location months, yeah. or two months. Okay. Did your, did you reach out to your vendors? Were vendors willing to give you more terms than you hadn't had before? Was anyone was, did anyone stand out to you from those relationships you'd formed? Weirdly? Yes. And you know, and I felt like such a heel, <laughs> but Cassandra, was the person that had seen on Facebook, because obviously I had posted on Facebook that due to the tragedy or whatever words I use that, you know, pause up was temporarily going to be closing. And so she saw that and I had video of what was happening, like as they're taking down my building that night. And um, so she saw that and she reached out to me, but I didn't know her as Cassandra. I knew her as the Soap Edge Company because that was the, the name of her company at the time. Yeah, and, and now collars. just for everyone else who doesn't know Cassandra, her business is paper chasing collars. And she's a single mom just trying to grow her business too, but she she still reached out to you and offered assistance. Right. Right. So she's like, hey, she's like, I know that you've been buying collars from me. And she's like, I just saw what happened to your your store. Are you going to try and reopen? And I'm like, yes. She's like, Well, I can give you a discount. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that's even a thing. Because I'm brand new to this. Really? Yeah, you're learning. Yeah. <laughs> I had three months and one week of being underneath my belt for being open. So I didn't know that different vendors would do that. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I started making a list of every vendor that I really liked. Not to say that I didn't like all of them, but some of them I just felt a, a connection with stupidly, but still true. And so I reached out to them and I'm like, hey, I'm like, this is what just happened. Is there any possible way that you can help me bring merchandise back into my store? And there were quite a few. I couldn't believe it. And because of that, so like Fox and Hound, love their shampoo line. They gave me a huge discount. And now that is the only shampoo line that I use in my store. Same thing with Bark Peel. They gave me a huge discount. They're the only harnesses that I carry in my store. That is the only way that I feel like I can show proper gratitude for how they helped me. They didn't need to. I was nobody to them. I was a brand new customer. They didn't have to do a thing to help me. And so any vendor that did help me get merchandise back in the store by giving me a discount, I, they're exclusive. Like whatever it is they make, I don't go beyond that. Does that make sense how I'm saying that? Yeah, it does. 100%. So, 
I, I similar, well, a similar concept happened to me too. In my early years in pet business where vendors stepped in to help me out with uh, something and same thing, same kind of relationship. I was so uh, impressed and surprised by their generosity that it was same thing. I was like, oh, these, this is our line. You know, we sold a ton of it and it was a great relationship. And that's why I think what's, what is so wonderful about the pet industry is that we've got really good human beings in our industry too, who want to help each other out. So, okay. So horribly devastating situation happens. And then you get the punch in the stomach that it was an arson, <laughs> arson situation, another double punch in the stomach that the insurance isn't going to cover it. But you said something there where it won't cover her insurance won't kick in until it's like a closed case or until there's a resolution. Is there hope that something might happen in the future of any kind of payout? Um, so here, I'm going to talk out both sides of my mouth. So be prepared. <laughs> okay. The only way that the my understanding is that the only way that the liability side of her insurance would kick in for any of us that were affected by the fire is if she is considered not guilty, then her insurance might kick in. Now, there's two different things here. There's a criminal case, which is the arson, but the insurance company doesn't use the wording arson. They use the wording set fire. So in April of 2022, so that would have been two months after the actual fire, the state, the feds, and the insurance companies, mine, hers, and I think the maybe it's just mine and hers, came and did a scene investigation where they were taking stuff out of her building, literally in her building with hand tools and scraping and taking samples to the lab. If they can prove that she did not have knowledge of or actually did, it's possible that her insurance would stay intact. But as it stands right now, her insurance is basically voided. They don't, they haven't paid her a thing and they won't pay any of us anything until she's either cleared both criminally and inside the insurance agents investigation as not having set the fire. Mm -hmm. If she's found guilty of setting the fire, then there will be no help whatsoever from her insurance ever because her insurance policy is completely voided. So when I say I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, what I mean by that is There's a part of you that wants her to be found not guilty because then financially I'm going to be in a much better situation. But then there's the other side of me. It's like, I'd rather dig myself out of a hundred thousand dollar debt and have her in prison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard. It's hard. So then you're just because I like to, I like the conversation of insurance, which I'll also connect on our page to an insurance agent that we love and um, recommend all the time. So your insurance though, now, if you had proper coverage, you probably could have had the whole thing taken care of. You think, was it really just a lack of coverage? Yes. And no, I say that because there is a section inside your insurance. Well, in mine. So like contents and like electronics are two different sections. So like, did I get my register reimbursed? Yes, because I just paid for my new register to come in because I was considered an electronic. But any of my personal items that I had at the store, not covered at all. 
the there's a section in there that if you had to relocate to a temporary location that there was help and my mom and I fought this quite a bit because my mom is in the insurance industry mm. so she had a lot of not commercial mm -hmm. but more on the per personal so she was trying to help through this and there is a thing in there, like if you had to move to a temporary location, there is some help from my insurance company. And they did. They've helped me move. But it wasn't to buy shelves, hooks, fixtures, product. That all fell to me. Even though there's a, a section for a temporary location and it even somewhat mentions, you know, like um, business related items. So stupid. They would pay for shelving unit for my stock room, but they wouldn't pay to put the shelves on the sales floor. <laughs> so I yeah. literally can go take the shelves out of the shelving unit or in the stock room and put them on my sales floor. And now you'll pay for them. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. So the biggest takeaway for me when doing this, like when I got reestablished in April, my insurance is really good now because I probably am way overpaying for insurance because if this sort of thing ever happens to yeah. me again, I'll probably go insane. But I needed to know that I'm going to financially be okay because I know it's going to take me years to get out of this debt that I have. And I don't, I honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. If I had better insurance, would I be in a better space? Maybe it might not be as bad. Yeah. But, but it still doesn't remove I mean, the trauma, the, the trauma that, that you went through and the, and the challenges <laughs> and the hurdles that you had to go through. I mean, doesn't, it's not the magic wand that fixed it would have fixed it all. Oh my gosh, Tracy. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing that, all of that with us. I mean, I know that it's got, I know our listeners are probably like, oh my gosh. I mean, guys, could you imagine having gone through something like that? And like, what would you do? How would you handle it? So Tracy, you've been through so much. I just can't even imagine what this last year has been for you. So as you, you know, sharing with other people, our listeners here, like what, in particular, like feeling that you had inside you or desire, like what was it that continued to help pull you through all of this? So by nature, I'm a Taurus and that automatically means stubborn and I'm stubborn, but it can be in a good way. And my stubbornness has kind of propelled me in this particular situation. I'm a very results oriented type of individual. And so that automatically for me means I'm determined and I didn't really think I was resilient until something like this happened. And now mm -hmm. that word kind of, I would say, kind of describes me more than I ever thought that it would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it really, honestly, and this is, if I get choked up, I've been doing really good. I haven't gotten choked up yet. I know. Yeah, you do, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but this will probably be the point that it happens. So I'm going to take you back to when I first opened up the store, I was still working full-time in my HR career. So I had employees. And I wasn't in the store a lot of the time. And so I didn't want to miss out on, because we're all pet friendly and I always encourage people to bring their animals. And so in the beginning, I had said, take a picture of every single animal that comes into the store because I don't want to miss it. I want to feel like I'm involved in my own store. And then I would just post them on Facebook. And it really, in the beginning, started out to be for me because I just opened up a store and I'm not there. I'm at my other mm -hmm. job, but I wanted to have a feeling like I was involved. So that just kind of became our thing. We've kind of become known of every time someone's dog, cat, rabbit, whatever comes into the store, we take the photo and we post them on our Facebook page. Well, that was great. And then the fire happens and then people start sending me pictures. 
Mm. And then that's what I was like, oh, like there. So it was right before Valentine's Day, right? February 12th was the last day that we were open. And I had bakery cookies from Bosco and Roxy, which was another one that helped me get product back in the store. And this uh, customer of mine sent me a picture of their little dog, like almost praying, like holding the hands like the hands and it had one of our bakery cookies in its paws oh. and I just lost it. And I was like, oh my God, like that's, that's the whole reason I'm doing this is for the animals. Like I want, that's the feeling I want people to have when they leave the stores that, you know, they're, they're spoiling their, their fur children. Mm-hmm. And the next day or two days after that or whatever, some customer had reached out to me and said that their little girl had gone to bed Sunday night, knowing that pause up was on fire and woke up Monday morning and was like, mom, did pause up, make it that did me in. I was like, oh my God, these little kids in the town are concerned about my store. And they're first thing they get up in the morning. They're wanting to know if pause up is still there. Right. That just the overwhelming support from my customer base slash community um, was, and this was before anybody knew anything about arson. It was just that two businesses in town had been destroyed and one of them was mine. And that along with my stubbornness, (laughs) like there's no way I'm letting this town down. Like I didn't come to do this for three months. Like I started this store because I want to be, like 20 years in and be a pillar in this community. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna give up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, I need a building and we're gonna go get one and let's get this stuff rolling. Like I didn't, I still haven't taken the time to fully digest everything. Cause I don't think about it. There are times where I'm thinking about it like this and I'm fine. But if I were to I've never been someone that can compartmentalize either, but for this particular subject, there is a whole bunch of compartments that are locked and sealed shut so Mm -hmm. that I can function and forward. At some point in my life, I'm going to have to start to deal with this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And boy, oh man, I feel bad for the person that's going to have to help me through that mental (laughs) part of it. Oh, well, well, on, on that topic, who or what has been instrumental in helping you navigate through this whole year? So my mom has been huge in this, you know, my mom's almost 90, right? And so to have the roller coaster ride of, oh my God, look, my daughter's buying back a building that had been in and out of her family. And, you know, the whole thing with animals, because she's an animal person too. And then sitting there watching the devastation of literally taking my building down. And then she's been my emotional support, you know, just everything about it. My mom has been my number one support. And then secondly is my employee, Ashley. I had two employees. One didn't come back after the fire, but Ashley did come back and she's been with me since day one. So I hired her almost two years ago and I couldn't have done, I mean, I, I'm not doing this alone. And I hope that that is not the impression that people get from this. Ashley has been a fantastic employee and an employee really doesn't cover what she is, but I couldn't have done it without her. And you know how I feel about pet boss nation and you, I, I've often asked myself, had I not 
come across your free webinar because I wouldn't have taken it if it was money because I don't have any. <laughs> and then I saw this webinar come on about fourth quarter. So it had been about almost a year ago. Yeah. So I'd been open from April until I don't know when you had that. It was November, I thought. Mm -hmm. um, had I not taken that and became become a Pet Boss Nation member, I can't even imagine how harder, how much harder this struggle would be. I knew I had a lot to learn, but I didn't know that like clubs like this existed and that there was help. You know, that's a hard thing is to accept help because you feel less than like, why can't you do it on your own? Right. And then you come along, your business comes along at just the right time. And then that was also part of my motivation. I'm like, okay, well now I've got a community that can help me and it's not going to be solely on my shoulders. And I have the ability to learn. Like I can turn this around. I wish the turning of it around was a lot quicker, but yeah. um, patience, I haven't learned yet <laughs> at all. But this, uh, this club that you have has, I, I just, I can't even get my words out because there's so much in your club that you feel like you want to do all of it all at once. And you know that you physically can't, but it's so helpful. And it's for me and my business, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, I really do believe that the combination of my determination and all the information that you have and the experiences and the helpfulness that you personally have given to me have been a huge game changer in saving <laughs> and propelling my business forward. Ugh. like I couldn't have done it without you quite frankly like I mean that sincerely I could not have done this without you oh Tracy thanks so much I mean just these words I've teared up over here you're making me emotional thinking about it because you know this is why we do what we do <laughs> and it's really why I say like I made my life's mission to help help small businesses thrive and it's um we never know where we're going to meet people at, at different times in their journey. But I, I want to acknowledge something you said there that you felt like you should know those things or, you know, it's hard to ask for help. And we can look at people that we admire or look at other businesses or look at people in our lives where we're like, gosh, or even celebrities, we might be like, wow, they figured these things out. But the reality is that they have support always. Like you can't get, you can't keep pushing forward and ahead without having the right people in the right circles around you, um, encouraging you or offering assistance where they can. And so, um, you know, it's very hard to go through anything alone. So if anybody who's listening is feeling alone in their business, there's no reason to feel alone in your business. Um, come join Tracy and I in the Pet Boss Club um, because, you know, asking for help is, is the first step to see in success. So, you know, there's something that it's interesting because you had asked the question, what does success look like for you now? And mm -hmm. I found that question to be so like perfect timing on your part. <laughs> like sometimes you like when people come into your life for a certain season, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And this is going to sound so weird because we've never officially met, but I feel like you came into my life at exactly the right time. And it's so weird because you will show back up in my life when I'm in a struggle and you don't even know it. And you happen to ask us about what does success look like? So I have this company in this town that started when I was a kid. And I just had the conversation like a week and a half ago with one of the owners like I told them, I'm like, when my, when Paws Up grows up, I want to be Pops Produce. <laughs> and she looked at me, she's like, what? 
And so I get the question because their grandfather started this humble, um, like food stand, if you will, in Wakan. And the, his grandchildren have taken that business and have grown it. It is, oh, I aspire to be them. They're fantastic, but they're, it's women, women are doing it. And so I had had this conversation with her. She says to me, so how's Paul's up doing? And I always pause because I don't know how to answer the question. And then you have this question here. That's like, how do you, how, what does success look like for you now? And I have no answer to that because when somebody asks me and I get that question quite frequently, you know, like, how's your store doing? I always pause before I answer the question because from my viewpoint, I'm looking at it financially. I have so much debt and I'm making very little headway on getting out of debt that I don't know how to answer the question. So in the past week and a half, I literally have been asking myself, well, what, how do I define success? And once I figure out how I define it, then look at my store and say, is it a success or is it not a success? I don't know. So I want, I want you to tell me. <laughs> oh, you want some, you want some coaching now? Yeah. Some advice. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, here's so what I- hard to determine that. Yes. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. We might have to make this episode a two-part episode. <laughs> no, the success is different for every single person. And because you are, you know, numbers oriented person, and you like looking at the data, you know, and, and that information, it's probably for you. It, it is very data. It needs to be data driven. And I bet that comes from, you, you know, all of us, when we think of whatever success is to us, success might be like having boats, having lots of houses or having a lot of money in a savings account or having great relationships with our family members, or, you know, like there are lots of ways that people define success and it will be different for everybody. And it probably comes back from even how, however we were raised or what people said to us and around us that influenced our thinking. And so I would just encourage you, I can't define success for you or what, you know, what it looks like, but I would encourage you to maybe coming from the place of gratitude and what is, what really matters at the end of the day, you know, you've come through the pandemic, you've made the career change, you have your mother still living at 90 years old and you have a great relationship with her. Um, you could have been in that fire, you know, you could have, it could, I don't know, there are lots of other things that could have happened. And so success and success to you right now might be different than what success is five years from now. Success now might just be that, okay, we, um, we hit a certain sales goal or that our customers are coming back to us still, or that I feel like it's a huge success. The fact you have another space and that you've reopened so quickly, the fact that you can share the story. I mean, the first time I heard you share the story, you could barely get through it because you were very emotional about it. And now I think I've made you tell it like four times. <laughs> you know, what I think is funny about that is the first time that I had mentioned it to you, I've talked this subject several times in the past year and a half, and I'm usually pretty good about getting through it without being emotional. And I don't know what hit me, but that day, man, I was just waterworks were coming. And the thing I think also that I've learned through this journey. And a lot of it, honestly, is just recent learnings. And I think it was because of your boot camp <laughs> that you had in July. I don't know if I can find the words to, to put all this together to make sense. But so I'm on social media as a person a lot, right? So I'm scrolling and you see ads constantly coming at you about do this one thing and you're going to have all this website traffic do this one thing and you're going to have all these customers coming in your door. 
And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. Like that isn't reality. You know, mm-hmm. like it's always the quick fix is what is the, the message that's out there or the hook, right. Mm-hmm. To get you to want to do what, join their thing or what have you. And it wasn't until just recently where I felt like, well, how come that one thing isn't working? I'm doing all of these things. And it's like, even though I'm doing all these things, I'm still not getting the result that I'm trying. And I get very frustrated with, you know, like the rock, (laughs) he has way more following than I do. (laughs) The rock can, you know, like sell one pair of tennis shoes, like 50 million times. And I'm like, I can't get three more customers in my door. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Right. They make it seem so easy. And it's the last thing. I mean, it's not easy. And I work all the time and I'm not complaining about it because I love what I do now. I love my store. I am my store. My store is me kind of thing, but it isn't easy. And there isn't just one thing. It's like, you have to be doing all of these things. And over time, you will hit your goals. And I think that at least in the social media things that I see, it's that, well, if you do this, you're going to have your result just like that. Mm-hmm. And that is discouraging because you're comparing yourself to that. Even though I know I've heard you say, keep your eyes on your own yeah. paperwork, but <laughs> you do, you do compare yourself to some degree to how are other people doing? And then you measure yourself against it. Well, if everybody else looks like it's such an easy fix, how come mine isn't an easy fix, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that has kind of been, I've had to let go of perfection, mm-hmm. even like, you know, like there's this thing about like being Instagram worthy or being mm-hmm. perfect. And I have just kind of realized that I've been living in that zone of not letting, which goes back to the whole success thing, mm-hmm. not letting people know exactly how hard it has been on my end. Cause from their end, what did they see building burnt stores gone two months later, she's back open. She must be fine. Yeah. Or that the insurance paid for all that. Right. And so the perception that's out there could be completely different than what the reality is. And now I'm starting to be more vocal. And I don't mean vocal like in a negative way. Yeah. Maybe I should say open. I'm yeah. being more open and letting people know that, you know what, this isn't what it looks like. This is hard. I have a lot of debt, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And it's almost like in today's world, when you're on social media, you have to be perfect. Well, I'm kind of celebrating the fact that I'm not perfect. And, yeah. that, and I think you mentioned this the other day in reviews, like I like the company that is overnight oats or oats overnight. I think it's that one. And they had re- customers were sending in reviews that said something like they didn't like the product because, well, it tasted like oats. <laughs> <laughs> what it is <laughs> you know, like that's a ridiculous review and so I thought I'm going to kind of live in that space because I'm I'm kind of quirky anyway and for example so we just had a drawing at our store for a boxy cat litter I only had 20 people sign up and I was so embarrassed that it was only 20 people I think that's great somebody else in my somebody else in my town had a drawing at their store and they had like 700 entries and I'm like I've got okay. 20. But what, what were they giving away though? What were they giving away though? Honestly, I don't know. Oh, okay. I just, I mean, I think it was several things because they were celebrating a birthday. 
what I'm saying is that you're giving away cat litter. So first of all, half the people have to have like less than half people have the cats, or I guess maybe half people do. And then you have to like, actually your cats, I'm sure litter are, you know, people maybe don't tar- They try different litter. Maybe they get used to one kind of litter. Like cats are really finicky probably with where they go. So already you already are trying to raffle off something that is not for the masses. right? They could have been given away like cash, money, prizes, food, clothing, who knows what they were giving away. But yeah, you can't compare yourself to other people. All you can do is start to compare yourself to like what it is. I did this raffle. Awesome. I got 20 people to enter it. Great. In my mind, that's more than like, you know, than at least two or three. So that's fantastic. I've heard, you know, heard of those situations too. So yeah, it's, I know it's really hard, but to compare ourselves to other people, but we really can't. And, and I was going to say earlier, when we were asking about the definition of success too, and how it's uh, means things to different people. I saw, speaking of Facebook ads, there was a Facebook ad that came up and it was for a planner and on it was kind of how you feel at the end of the day. And it had a couple of things you could check off. And I was like, oh, well, because that can help you define success. And it wasn't that you got a lot of stuff done or that it was a good sales day. But one of the options I saw quickly was, did I get clarity today? Right. Did I, did I get time to breathe today? You know, was it low stress today? that's a good day. Like, you know, it may not be as productive, but like the clarity one really stood out for me. Cause it's like clear, especially in a business. Like if you're making lots of decisions, maybe you got clarity on how to move forward. That's time well spent, you know, so you can take action. So really, truly success can wear a lot of different hats. <laughs> it can. Well, you know, when you say that one thing that that brings to mind is mindset. Mm-hmm. Mindset for me has probably been the, I can do any task but you get me to try and be positive with my mind. That's extremely hard. I can go down a rabbit hole quick Mm. and heard this quote several years ago. And it's weirdly appropriate. Sometimes life happens fast and you have to live through it slow. (laughs) Like I'm living through this slow, right? And Mm. I have no patience for slow. And so the mindset for me, like if you ever can find experts that can do some webinars on mindset, man, I'd be signed up for that right off the bat because that (laughs) what, and I would assume that any business person has to have a strong mindset, but when you have tragedy like this Mm -hmm. and trying to keep a positive mindset and still like save your business, meaning that keep it established and grow it. Like I really need some help there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's like one of the number one, it's probably in my mind is, is one of the most important things, um, to, to, not just being successful in business, but really with, again, with everything, because it starts with us, right? It starts with us and, and our ability to focus or, um, and focus on the, the, the right things. And then those right things are the things that really will matter to you. Again, I can't, I can't decide those for people, but, um, but our mindset can pull us through so many times and that way we're not staying in the loop uh, either, right? Staying in the loop. We're actually not just be having a positive mindset, but one that's benefiting our, our goals and helping us achieve our individual goals. So. Well, Tracy, this has been a, a wonderful discussion. You've painted this story for us, to, uh, I think, to, to spook spook and surprise everybody here <laughs> um, on the Boss Your Business podcast. And I you know, thank you again for being here. And I thank you for being a Pet Boss Club member and participating in our program and taking what we're, what we teach and applying it and sharing it with other pet professionals too. Like I know Cassandra has also joined the Pet Boss Club and, and is learning and growing her business. And so I, you know, thank you for that. I also, like I said, on our podcast show notes at petboss.com forward slash episode nine, nine, we will link to these vendors that you've shared. I know they're going to really love getting that little surprise shout out too. So, um, 
yeah. Any, any final words, I guess, for our listeners on kind of coming through and being resilient? I don't think it's so much for your listeners. And I don't mean any disrespect to that, but it's very rare that I get an opportunity to speak to you personally. And so I really just want to, I, I'm never going to find the right words. Like I am so grateful for you, your approach, the people that you've hired that surround you, that pull this club together, you're probably never, ever going to know the amount of help that you give on a daily basis. I attend almost every single class that you have, and I walk away with some nugget of knowledge that I didn't have before being in that class. And my store exists because of me and you. That's oh, saying a gosh. lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 she I has me crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh I sincerely uh, thank you for everything that you offer to anybody who is smart enough to join you <laughs> because she will help you, you know, like, honestly, a hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. I really appreciate that. I'm going to play that, put that on my daily loop. My daily, <laughs> my daily affirmation mindset loop is to listen to this. So thank you so much, Tracy. I really appreciate that. And on that, I guess we'll end this episode and I look forward to finding our listeners again on next week's episode and seeing you, Tracy, in the Fat Boss Club. Did you know that we also have a weekly emailed newsletter and a blog? all full of amazing business building tools for you, completely free resources. And that's how you stay in the know with everything that we have happening at Pet Boss Nation. Now, the best way to get on our email list if you're not currently is to visit petboss.com, scroll to the bottom of the site and jump on our newsletter right there. Because this podcast is just one of the many ways that we provide free tips and resources to pet professionals all over the globe. All right, visit petboss.com to jump on our email newsletter list and you'll find out about newest blog posts, newest podcast episodes, as well as any free webinars or trade shows or appearances that we might be going to. All right, let's stay connected every single week, not just through the podcast, but through your email too. Visit petboss.com.